The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is a very special live episode of Podcast Beyond, where we are reacting right after the PlayStation Showcase that we just saw, the first proper PlayStation Showcase since late last year. Uh, This was intended to give us a look ahead at what's to come for the PS5 and the PS4 a little bit, uh, and we have a lot to dig into. So without further ado, let me introduce the rest of my cast. I'm joined this week by Brian Altana. Snicked, snick, bub. Oh, God. We're already there. Uh, Lucy O'Brien is also with us on this this week's episode. Thank you, Lucy, for being is here. Is the noise snicked? It is I, snicked, yeah. yes. I think so. Yeah, of course, we're, we're referring to Alan Wake here, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and we're also joined this week by Matt Kim. I almost just called you Alan Wake. Hello, Matt. Good to see you. <laughs> Classic Alan Wake. Uh, no, we there was an Alan Wake trailer in the show, but we do actually have a lot to jump into. I do want to get sort of like brief overview thoughts and then want to jump into some of the specifics. Uh, so Brian, I'll start with you. Just like very top line, very quickly. What did you think of the showcase overall? Uh, it took a little while to get going, but then I think they really hit the pedal to the metal for the last 20 minutes, not, not including the card game, which I wasn't interested in, but all, all of the games that they were announcing towards the end, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, uh, more God of War, just lots and lots of really great stuff. That's that's what I'm looking for, and they delivered there. So, yeah. Yeah. Lucy, what about you? How'd you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it didn't help that there was a lot of, like, hype. Um, there were a lot of people saying, oh, the Sony's... This is going to be the biggest show for Sony, blah, 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 blah. So I think for me personally, my hype levels were very high. And so because it started off kind of slowly, um, I was like, when is this going to start? You know, when is this show going to start in earnest? But then I'm looking through our notes for what was actually sort of shown off. And ultimately, I think it was a really strong show. I mean, like, yes, it did take a while to get to the heavy hitters. But like there was some fantastic stuff sprinkled through there from Spoken, Alan Wake Remastered, um, Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, there were a lot of good things among the the big talking points as well. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely safe to say in the beginning, we all, I at least I felt a lot like the, you know, not going to lie, almost had me in the first half sort of meme was where we were kind of at for, for the beginning, but it really got going. Uh, Matt, before we jump into specifics, just want to get your overall thoughts as well. Yeah, it finished super strong, and uh, to sort of wrap it all together, the the ending of the show was sort of a uh, PlayStation Studios first-party update. We finally got uh, first looks at gameplay for God of War. Surprise, it's called God of War Ragnarok, uh, and a few other things, but I want to start 
with the Insomniac of it all, because we got two confirmed Insomniac games here. Uh, and I just kind of want to set the groundwork right now. Uh, Insomniac, since being acquired by PlayStation for the PS5, has done Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and a PS5 update for Spider-Man Remastered. Um, and now we're getting uh, two games from them. Uh, you know, we're getting Wolverine and Spider-Man 2. I think, you know, to go back to uh, Brian, your opening, let's start with Wolverine. Uh, I, I think we can all attest I was a giddy little child when that trailer came up. Uh, what was your sort of reaction to it? I mean, it's fantastic. I think you just nailed it too. Like Insomniac is is not single-handedly holding up the PS5 right now, but they are doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, this is awesome. We haven't had like a dedicated Wolverine game in quite some time. We were talking before the show about the, the tie-in game that came with the uh, Wolverine movie that most people didn't like, but the game itself was really cool. Um, th this feels like aesthetically exactly what I want from a Wolverine game. It's obviously a little bit bloodier than the last few Insomniac games. You saw the claws pop out. Uh, we've already been sort of digging through uh, a lot of specific little details here. The cash register has 1974 on it. It took me a minute to realize that's when the character was created. Uh, there's a license plate that says Hulk, or HLK. So I feel like we're going to be pouring through this, this little teaser for a while. Uh, it does feel like this is a ways off, which is fine. Take your time. I'm really happy it's happening. Um, I, I'm hoping it's a, a, an open world-ish game. Uh, there's, this allows them to get into a lot of the grittier, darker corners of the MCU or the Marvel, you know, Marvel licenses and properties that Spider-Man doesn't necessarily touch on as being a slightly campier thing. So I'm, I'm tremendously excited for this. This is one of those perfect pairings when we heard a couple years ago about Marvel kind of opening up the vaults and companies being able to make games, you know, I think we were all sort of like, yeah, but when are we going to get like an X-Men game or a Wolverine game? Uh, like I have an X-Men game running on my arcade cabinet right now. <laughs> I, I love, I'm so excited for this. So yeah, I don't want to hog all the air, but this is, this to me, this is the biggest announcement of the show by far. Oh no, it's, it, please, we can, I can talk about this the whole show. Yeah, I am, X-Men is like my foundation for comic books and superheroes. Like it is what got me into Marvel and comic books in general. It is the thing I most associate to, you know, out of that universe or, or any of those. And uh, the fact that Insomniac is doing it after they proved what they could do with Spider-Man is just, it's perfect. It's, it makes me so happy. Like it is hard for me to contain composure because I just like, oh yes, of course, keep giving them Marvel games because they've proven they can knock it out of the park on every level. Um, this is really exciting. I, I'm with you. I hope it is a little bit more darker, a little bit more grittier than Spider-Man lets us explore some of the, those corners of the universe. Uh, Lucy, what did you think about this announcement? Also just, you know, in conjunction with what Insomniac is putting out these days. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Dono. Like, X-Men were my comics as well when I was growing up. And um, I, I'm very, very intrigued to see what they do with his character. I mean, we've really only had a sort of singular, I mean, outside of the cartoons back in the day, we've only really had Hugh Jackman's Logan, you know, to, to sort of rep to, to represent the Wolverine character outside of the comics for so long. And mm -hmm. so this is going to be a really interesting sort of case study. I think that they did, Insomniac did such a wonderful job with Peter Parker, it's with Spider-Man. Um, and I'm very curious where they're going to take this character. I mean, obviously it will be a darker game. It has to be because Logan is a darker character. Um, but, uh, you know, it's got to be separate from the Hugh Jackman uh, character and, uh, and and standalone as Peter Parker did um, from you know any number of the cinematic Spideys. Um, so as as much as I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with gameplay, 
I'm really excited to see how they're going to actually bring this character to life and who's going to perform him. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about that. You're, you're, you're totally right. Like he's such a storied character, but in sort of like the modern consciousness, it is hard not to think of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, well, you have so... that sort of uncanny valley happening with the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, which we just saw earlier too. So you're, I think you, I hadn't even thought of that, Lucy. You're right. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see that. And, and Matt, I want to get your reaction to it, but also just in general, like, do you think this is? I think they're going to, you know, somehow tie these things together. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be separate. But do you, do you assume we're kind of getting a an insomniac Marvel universe now? Oh yeah, I mean, I think the 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 doors are wide open, right? Like you give them Spider Man, you give them you give them Wolverine. Who's next is obviously a, a real question now because there could be a possibility. Uh, my biggest question though is honestly like what what's the style going to be like? Is it going to be like an open world sandboxy Wolverine game or is it going to be a little more linear, a little more, a little more story driven, you know, or, you know, single player esque. Right. So I'm really mm -hmm. curious about, about that move. Yeah. It's hard to imagine, you know, they do have their open world for Spider-Man, but it's kind of weird to think, oh yeah, we'll have an open world as Wolverine. And is he just running around the streets of Manhattan mm -hmm. kind of like huffing it through the, like, that's not what you want out of a no. Wolverine. At least not. He's a personal. big leaper. He can leap. He can, can leap, leap, yes. Not as much as Hulk, but he can leap. He's, um, got, a, he's got a sick motorcycle too, so he's he very does. true. There could be, there is motorcycle tech in the PlayStation Studios family with uh, Days Gone, so maybe that's they can true. marry that with Wolverine. And we can see what happens. Um, we all know that's how video games get made. You just exactly. borrow a motorcycle from an game. <laughs> you <laughs> copy and paste it, and can we're go just assuming over, yeah. that it takes place in New York and Spider Man's gonna be swinging in the back of the game the whole time. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's it's uh, you, you know I think you or someone else was pointing out the the Goodman Street. Uh, someone on the staff has pointed out that that's a reference to a former Marvel EIC, possibly, but like Greenwich Street is mentioned there. So like, mm -hmm. I assume at least some of this is set in New York. Right. Right. Um, I don't know the specific diner he may be sitting at. Brian, maybe perhaps you know better than me. Um, That's the but... diner from Seinfeld. Gotcha. Of course. <laughs> Don't yeah. store. Oh it, my it's goodness. actually the same. It's the same. It's on the tip I... of my tongue. I in, do think it's a send up for that, honestly. In Greenwich Village. Uh, but no, of course, yeah. we're, we're seeing a little bit of gameplay from the Spider-Man trailer as well, which is worth pointing to, because as you were saying, we don't have a release date for Wolverine. We don't really have too full of a scope of where it is in production. But uh, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, I'm calling it for now until we get another title, uh, is coming in 2023. We got that release date. Uh, Brian, I do want to throw to you first. What, what did you feel about getting, you know, a couple years from now release date for this? Uh, it, you know, I guess it's it's refreshing because everything's been 2022 for all of 2021. So it's cool they're shaking it up, throwing 2023 out there. I hadn't actually thought of that year yet. I know naturally it's coming, but that's not really, I, I've, I've been so focused on like, how do we get, you know, there's so many big games this year, so many games Q1 next year. Um, personally, I'm just, I'm really happy that they're they're finally, not finally, but they're, they're doing Venom. Um, I remember we... We, we'd theorized about this for a very long time. I think everybody, this is a natural progression for these games, right? Um, but it's it's also just awesome to see these two Spider-Mans or Spider-Men team up, you know? Hopefully that's something that we're going to see in movie form soon, but uh, also in 2023, hopefully we'll get the switch between those characters on the fly. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, uh, according to the PlayStation blog, it is Marvel Spider-Man 2. So yeah, it feels like a good marriage of, of what's come so far. Uh, Lucy, I know we've talked a bit about it. We interviewed the director of Miles Morales uh, last year, and, and obviously we've been talking about Spider-Man since the initial release. Uh, well, where was your excitement level for it after seeing this trailer and, and kind of knowing we've got Miles, we've got Peter, and we seem to be getting a bit of a darker tale from them as well? 
I mean, yeah, we didn't see much story aside from little flashes, you know, Venom, etc. One thing that I'm kind of interested in is if you can switch between the two characters, does that mean that there's a potential for like a sort of two-player experience? Because that would be extremely cool if you could, you know, have, have one person play Miles and one person play Peter and they've got different skill sets. That could be really exciting. But again, you know, this is this to me is more like, okay, I'm really interested in a deep dive on the gameplay that we saw. I haven't had a chance to really watch it again since we just saw it, but um, I think there's a lot to sort of crunch into here. Our team um, is currently pulling together a trailer breakdown, so look out for that. Um, but yeah, you know, look, I I love both Spider-Men's and um, <laughs> I'm extremely, extremely stoked for, for this one and that particular team up. I want to see more of the dynamic between Miles and Peter. Like, I love their relationship. I want to see more of it. Yeah, uh, Miles, obviously, without spoilers, really came into his own at the end of uh, his story. And so I'm excited to see the two of them kind of both sure-headed spiders band being able to take on enemies together. Uh, I do want to just point out the uh, PlayStation blog post for Spider-Man confirms that uh, the original Candyman himself, Tony Todd, is voicing Venom. Wow. Which is wow. really cool. Um, and Matt, he's got a voice, Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we heard a little bit in the trailer. That was great. Yeah, that we rules. we got a little bit of it, of his voice in the trailer. Matt, I do want to get your thoughts on it. Um, we we were talking a little bit, you know, as the show was going on. The teaser, it felt like obviously there's Venom in there. We see Venom's face. It felt like there might be points to Craven the Hunter uh, as well, maybe in there. Maybe that's just us reading into mm -hmm. things. It's hard to say. But um, where were you, sort of like at the end of that trailer? your expectations for, for a new Spider-Man adventure? Like, where does it set you off on that level? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I was saying when we, when we were talking about the show, like, I'm pretty confident that we heard two different villain voices in that trailer, and I think the first one is Craven, but that we'll leave that for the trailer breakdown that, that Lucy seems putting together. I, you know, I'm excited. I, I know kind of already what to expect since Insomniac has already made two very good Spider-Man games, so I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was not surprised only because I know I knew a Spider-Man 2 was always in the cards and I always, kind of always expected this team up and I kind of always, like, we knew Venom was going to be in it. So actually, it's just nice seeing it, but I, we already kind of got the pieces together for this one, you know? Well, and as Lucy said, we knew there were going to be big things in this show and we did we did get a big thing here. But yeah, it's, it's very cool to see that all confirmed. 2023 makes sense. I don't know how all of you feel. I was trying to, I was really going through this before the show of like, I feel like we might see Spider-Man, but it just didn't seem like it would make sense for next year because putting out Horizon, God of War and Spider-Man in a single year just kind of feels like a little like overkill, like spreading mm -hmm. things out seems like a good idea, but um yeah, especially we... for a console that you still cannot buy and that there were no announcements on that being any easier and that we know from chip shortages, uh, which still does sound like a, the name of a 70s baseball player, that <laughs> we might not be able to buy this console or the average consumer might not be able to get it for a while. So 2023 is maybe the same day you'll be able to finally walk into Target and get a PS5. Who knows? It, it's definitely a good time for people. And I will say we're going to have to go to a break in a little bit. So I want to say full sort of God of War thoughts, because I think that's the next thing to jump into after this, of course. Um, but, you know, I I have been so impressed by what Insomniac's done since they officially joined the PlayStation family. I, I believe it was 2019. Uh, I think it happened like right around Gamescom that year. Uh, and just them continuing to, you know, knock it out of the park like this. I love that they've got this corner of a Marvel universe. Uh, maybe Lucy, just to wrap up with you. Um, you know, we've seen a few more PlayStation acquisitions recently. I, I feel like, you know, Insomniac has more than proved their mettle. Do you hope we continue to see other things from them? Or are you, like, where do you sit in terms of them being like a Marvel house versus the other ingenuity we see from them? That's interesting because... Like 
honestly, I was just thinking about that. I mean, because there was a moment where someone said, you know, when we were talking among, among, uh, yeah, among ourselves <laughs> during the show, and someone was like, uh, infamous, you know, and it's, it's, it's sort of like, there's, it would be nice. I mean, I know infamous is sucker punch, but it like, it would be nice to see more of that kind of original uh style ip come back i i mean i do i do love i do love that 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 we have these properties now but it would be great to sort of see uh insomniac in particular be able to flex a little bit outside of the the marvel properties but we'll see i mean you know they're making sony a lot of money right now and <laughs> and maybe there's a proviso that okay after this one you know you can after spidey you can go out and make something completely original the uh the one for me one for you sort of methodology exactly but, uh, yeah I'm, I'm really hoping we get to see them do stuff whenever psvr2 becomes a thing because they they've done vr work before uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can get to see a little bit from them. Uh, but quickly, before we go to break, uh, Brian or Matt, just any sort of last thoughts on the Insomniac uh, sort of, you know, big centerpiece moments from today's show? I mean, I'm a little split because I, I love what Lucy's saying about like getting kind of those games that aren't on, based on billion dollar reputable, you know, recognizable IPs. But on the flip side, she's right. They make them so much money. And it's like, why? They're not going to reach for the off-brand cereal bags at the bottom when they can get the big, <laughs> the big stuff on the shelf. So, um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad they're sticking with what works. Spider-Man's awesome. Wolverine's going to be great. And uh, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more strange stuff from them in the future. But until then, I'm happy with Marvel games being good again. Doctor Strange? I was going to say. Some Doctor Strange yeah, like, stuff? No. Lightning round before break. Who, who, what Marvel character should they take next if they continue to go down this Marvel train? Oh, you guys go first. No. Oh, don't do that. It's All right. Okay, fine. Gambit. 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 I, I love Gambit. Gambit, Gambit yeah. is great. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I believe he was an X-Men called Maggot, where he just had two weird maggots on his arms. And that was all he did. <laughs> he was a weird yeah. dude, but I remember him from the X-Men encyclopedia. You've tanked the company. Okay, anyway. if, you've, if you've tanked it, then I'm going to say Toad. Like, oh, <laughs> there we go. Anyway. anyway, we've got to go to a break, but we'll be right back with plenty more to talk about, including God of War Ragnarok. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello. And welcome back to Podcast Beyond. I'm your host, Jonathan Dornbush, joined by Brian, Lucy, and Matt to talk about everything going on in this very packed PlayStation showcase. Uh, we just got done talking a little bit about the insomniac of it all with Wolverine and Spider-Man 2. Uh, now I want to shift focus to, I think, the other major, major first-party reveal, which was, of course, finally uh, not just the name reveal, which I think it's fair to say none of us saw coming whatsoever, uh, but also some gameplay for the newly announced God of War Ragnarok. I'll just give you all a minute to deal with the, the title. I know it's a lot. <laughs> How are you all feeling? Good? Okay. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? 
One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, obviously, God of War Ragnarok was a teased sort of title for this game for quite some time, leaked in a Sony document, then not really officially announced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, Ragnarok obviously has very strong ties in Norse mythology and to the Thor film franchise. Uh, but I want to talk really about you know we're getting a really big chunk of gameplay in here. Uh, let's start with just like overall thoughts on it, Brian. Wh- what did this sort of you know deep dive look do for you, and, and what were you most excited about seeing? I think that uh, obviously the sort of new car smell has worn off a little bit for this. It's not exactly like the, you know, the big momentous uh, giant moment of finding out that they're making a brand new God of Oregon. It's, it's more of a thing we loved, which obviously, you know, that you take that down a step, still amazing, amazing news. Um, the last game left with some really interesting kind of doors open, um, which I guess they dive into right here. Uh, and also the, like uh, just a, one of the most powerful and and sort of like personal stories that we've seen in like a big AAA action game in a very, very long time. And there's a lot to explore there. And you know, this was a sort of like a, hey, all your friends are back kind of thing, right? There's a lot of characters in this game uh, or in this trailer that we saw from the first game. There's some new mechanics that we're seeing obviously, uh, but there's also also like some some new enemies some new characters um i think this is going to be just one of those sort of quintessential bigger better bolder sort of sequels and i think for a lot of people that's that's exactly what they want yeah we we get more of the gameplay uh you know combat wise some exploration i really loved if you're watching the video version uh the sort of showcase of this civilization area like an actual village sort of mm-hmm. locale because 
uh, I love the world of the first game, but it is a very desolate world. It is sort of a lot of dilapidated structures and, and the sense of life in the area is not quite the same. This feels like there's a, there's a bit of a civilization civilization going on here. There's a, there's more to it and it sort of expands the cast for them. Yeah. Um, there'll, be, there'll be hubs, right? I think yeah. that's what it's, it's what we're getting from all those, which is cool. Totally. And yeah, we continue to see, um, you know, Kratos and Atreus fighting together. I, I said, I think fair to say full spoilers for the end of God of war. If you have not finished God of war, this trailer reveals the biggest thing, like, you know, twists from the end of God of war. So I guess, you know, don't watch the video if you don't want to know. Uh, but Lucy, what was, what was your sort of overall take on what we saw before we jump into some specifics? Yeah, I mean, like, I agree with Brian in so far as it is it is the first time we saw it, it was such a departure, the it was such a departure from what we knew God of War, you know, was. And, and this is more sort of, it's not more of the same, but it's very much in the same universe and the same characters, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that I love so much about, uh, you know, that God of War that looks to continue in this one is relationship dynamics and characters and and that sort of thing. And uh, I love that Mimir is returning. Um, I love that um, you know we've the 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 storyline is very much a continuation. So that sort of revenge plotline is still there. Um, you know Freya is still really angry. Um, I mean I, I'm just looking forward to kind of seeing more of those characters and 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 that story. For me, that's that's where I'm my excitement lies i mean there again it's kind of one of those things where i need to watch it one more time just to take a look at all the sort of new kind of gameplay that we saw but um i i definitely didn't need a big departure from the formula that was already established for sure yeah i, I think there's so much they got right with that first one and it's just sort of about wanting fine-tuning and finessing and, and, and extrapolation of what they did there uh matt uh, obviously, Brian, Lucy, and I were all, we were on Podcast Beyond at the time uh, God of War was coming out. You were not uh, at IGN at that point, so I don't know, like, your full history with this God of War or anything, but I, I guess, where were your your excitement levels before this, and what did you feel about the trailer? Yeah, I mean, I, I am one of those people who came along to God of War with this incarnation, you know, the original, original PlayStation uh, games didn't really do it for me uh and then i saw this and then it was really narrative driven and they really just ran with the series and just took over and, and that's where i came along and so i'm really excited i feel like i've had the opposite uh reaction to spider-man where in spider-man 2 i was like yeah i i 100 expected spider-man 2 and i kind of 100 expected what we were going to see uh but god of war 2 just is they look like they're taking new directions you know with the civilization stuff right and i just get excited when Kratos punches things. When he was punching that centaur in the in the gut, like that's ah, amazing. I love it. The Yeah, the, the looks at the combat, and yeah, I'm just going to say it, the fact that they're highlighting, he still has the Blades of Chaos, he still has the Leviathan Axe, he's, he's using those in tandem. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of like, gruesome monsters and things that he's fighting in this trailer uh brian as, as a a fan of the creature work of the star wars universe i just wanted your sort of overall impression on like the enemy variety that we've seen and sort of the combat aspects of what we got here uh because you yeah. know the fir first game you're fighting a lot of draugr you are yeah i mean there's there's you know some sort of big sort of giant troll characters that you fight earlier on and then you fight them kind of repeatedly throughout the game uh but the game did get interesting in terms of creature design and 
uh, sort of monster aesthetics, which is a big thing I love in video games. Um, and it, it seems like it's continuing that here. That's what I love. Like, I think that one of the things that was sort of missing from the old, old games was that sense of scale to the point of, you know, climbing up a giant uh, god's hands or something like that and, you know, stabbing it in the eye. That, that, that thing that Shadow of the Colossus did so well. And so I, I hope they get that a little bit here. Obviously, you had moments of that in the last game, but I, there's, there's a great opportunity to ramp that up more and more here um but also like the combat was just phenomenal in the last game and it scaled really well to people who really wanted to get into it you know there were the the sort of valkyrie fights that you could go in and play like you're playing a FromSoft games uh, and, and just really go high level or you could just kind of stick to the main path and just fight through grunts and some bosses so i think there's going to be a lot of variety here when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah, and and for those out there, know that there's no shame if you also found the default creep. It's really difficult. Um, Lucy, I want to talk a little bit about also the the sort of environmental scope we got in this trailer. Um, obviously, you know, with Ragnarok, it's the idea of winter is coming and, and all of that. Um, the, there was sort of a, a bit of a varied uh, nature to things in the first game because you went to different realms. But it, it's hard to tell here, like, are we going to be realm swapping? Are we not? But what was your sort of uh, impression of, I think, like, the locals in the sea from this trailer? Um, and, you know, we, we see a lot of wintry areas, some are like civilization based by like the riverside and everything. Um, do you do you want something that goes pretty varied or like how how centralized do you think it may be to one or two realms, if you had to guess, based on what we've seen? Obviously, I mean, totally I... off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to kind of steer that in a little bit of a different direction in that I'm pleased that it looks like they're keeping um, this sort of open linear nature of the of the original i'm just going to say original because it was a reboot um you know so you felt like there was lots to explore and there was but it was an open world and you know every single part of it felt very purposeful in that way you know from soft games do that as well they sort of it feels like there's loads to explore and lots of cool secret areas and there are but you're still sort of on a more or less linear path. And that to me is kind of these days, my favorite type of, <laughs> of, of game. You know, I like I like areas that, that are sort of like, okay, you can go here and you can go there and you can go over there, but um, there's, a, there's a path that you're obviously meant to go on. And I, 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 I think that the variety of, of, of the environments we saw here look great. Um, I'm just really stoked that it looks to be, again, I know I'm a broken record, but it looks to be a, a continuation of, of what we're used to. Totally. Lucy, that genre should get a title. I'm sure, look, you I'm know? sure like every single developer who makes a game like this has their own version of that title. But, but I'm going to say open world linear. Open-ish. Open <laughs> linear. I open have linear. kids and only eight hours of, of day to play games. <laughs> right. uh, every, every genre eventually gets its weird portmanteau and we'll, we'll probably get there at some point um unfortunately uh we're, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty so we're actually going to have to wrap up the show in a minute i know this is a bit of a surprise to the cast but uh don't want to risk an issue and, and have the show crash out halfway through uh so just very quickly because i obviously there was a lot more in the show and we'll, we'll dig into things in, in the next episode of podcast beyond but you know of everything else shown off just to maybe quickly pull a, a few things that you enjoyed brian what did you what else was there in the show that you really enjoyed just to wrap off quickly 
I mean, for me, it was it was the Marvel stuff and God of War, the big ones. I mean, those those are the the sort of like the big the big three for me. There's obviously going to be more down the line, uh, but Star Wars is a really nice surprise too, and that's a PlayStation exclusive, and we didn't really get to get into that one, but I, I think that's that's going to be a really really big game. The game's hard to revisit, so uh, I'm excited to try the remake. Yeah, KOTOR, uh, for those, since we didn't mention, KOTOR is coming console exclusive to PS5 at launch plus PC. Uh, very exciting to see that remake announced. Lucy, what about you? Sorry, it's KOTOR. I know that that Brian <laughs> no, just said it, but like, if I'm being honest, I haven't played that game for, for many, many years, and I'm so excited to actually play a remake. So it will be like the game I remember, just heaps better. I hope so too, uh, especially because I don't remember the game at all. So it'll probably be heaps <laughs> better regardless for me. Uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, yeah, just really, no, no, really <laughs> cool things out of Japan from what I saw. Tokyo Ghostwire and Forspoken, both really great tra uh, trailers, and I'm looking forward to both of them. Yeah, Forspoken looked really cool in the latest trailer we saw. We, of course, did get a Ghostwire Tokyo trailer. Uh, we got another Deathloop trailer just before launch. They managed to come in on one more showcase. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff that we'll be covering all on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, all of our, you know, uh, podcast beyond probably next week is going to be devoted to everything else that we didn't get to catch up on this week but uh brian lucy and matt thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode sorry you have to cut the short but uh it was a blast to show with all of you and uh get to talk about it right now so thank you all for joining me. hell yeah and uh thank you to everyone out there who watched along with us uh watch this live show thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time and as always beyond 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 some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with 5 for 5 Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, they also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.